ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. We're back. It's another episode of 1% Better. We are uh, firmly hunkered down here in the middle of this pandemic, but the NFL news continues. So we are sequestered. Zach, uh, you and the family sequestered with, uh, I'm sure it's really quiet in your house, right? Um, it is madness <laughs> in my house. Try doing work with a two-year-old and a newborn. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, I have, meanwhile, discovered that I, I said this in our live chat this morning, that I really suck at fifth grade math. Uh, by the way, I'm not that old, but the way they teach math today versus when I was in school, it has completely been turned on its head. So I have no idea what's going on. And if I had to take like the standardized test they take today, I don't know what I would score because I have no clue what's happening. So are they into like fractions or like? Yeah, they're okay. like multiplying fractions yeah, and see, that's not a, my a lot thing of word either. problems. A lot of word problems, though, in that include fractions. So it's like, you know, so Joey ate one fourth of the cake. Uh, how much of, you know, find out what would five eighths of the remaining pieces be? You know, I don't know. It's like, oh, what? Man. <laughs> Who's oh, ever going to do that math problem? It's right. like Joey ate too much. He's a pig. Right. Uh, the way I see it. But anyway, so <laughs> none of this has anything to do with the Colts, but uh, get, you know, bear with us. It's not like we have had a lot of conversation with outside individuals lately. So anyway, hey, Zach, Colts, they've been busy, uh, as everybody yeah. knows. But let's just hit a couple of things. So since we last talked to you, they've also made another additional couple of moves. And I think the big one is certainly uh, releasing Pierre Desir the other day. Uh, they also released Brian Hoyer, not to forget. And then yeah. yesterday signing uh, Sheldon Day, which I thought was interesting, uh, big defensive tackle. But the one that I think that our listeners apparently seem to be most interested in and, and most curious about is Pierre Desir. And uh, you wrote about that the other day. You've had some conversations about it. Uh, try to – well, let me just ask you, what is your sense on that and just do you like it? Do you scratch your head? Like, where do you stand on it? So I scratch my head and it's four or five days later and I'm still, I'm just still a little surprised by it. Um, nothing really stuns me anymore in this league. I mean, you've covered it long enough. You know, guys come and go. Good players get cut all the time. Guys retire before seasons start. You know, that was the ultimate stunner. But this one doesn't make a whole lot of sense in terms of what are they going to do at corner in 2020? We, their starters right now are Rocky Sin and, and Marvell Tell. And I don't feel great about that. You got Kenny Moore in the middle at the slot position. He's terrific. But on the outside, you got Marvell Tell, second year player who played a little bit last year, not a ton, and was okay, but definitely made his rookie mistakes. You got Rocky Sin on the other side who played every game but also made plenty of mistakes. So I don't feel great about them at corner right now. I think that's a position they need to address. Pierre Desir signed this big three-year, $22 million deal the year before. League journeyman before that finally earned the big contract he'd always been chasing. And you guys all know out there what he went through last season, in and out of the lineup, played with a hamstring, um, was not himself. You guys saw it. He was giving up big plays in a way that he wasn't in years past. Um, and that hurt the Colts was told this move was made financials was the, de was the deciding factor. Um, but the problem is I just, I just don't feel great about them at corner right now. How do you feel about that position? Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Look, I think it's possible to 
to really think that Rocky Asin has a great future, a bright future, which I do, uh, and and actually think that Marvel Tell has a lot of upside, which I also think is true. It's possible to to feel that both of those things are true, and still also say, yeah, I don't get this move. Um, I don't think it's it's something to raise hell over, but I also don't think this was strictly a financial move. I think I'm going to give them a little leeway here and say, okay, you know what? You guys have generally been right when they've made these kinds of moves. I, I think back to the John Simon decision. John Simon years came ago, to mind. Yep. Right? And, and a lot of people were up in arms about that. Chris Ballard came out and explained it. I thought pretty straightforward. He said, look, you know, uh, this was about scheme fit, and we think the other guys have a higher upside in our scheme. He was right. Okay, uh, that doesn't mean John Simon is not a good football player. It just means that at that point in time, uh, they felt that that was the right move. They ended up having, a, I thought, a pretty solid defense that year. So, you know, I think this is one of those where time will have to tell. I give them, like I said, a little bit of benefit of the doubt because they know their player better than anybody. He's been here three years, so they have that going for them. But I, I think they're one injury away from being in a bad place. That's where I have Agreed. a problem with this. And what position always gets injured? Cornerbacks yeah. always get hurt because of the stress and on, of the position. And and what's right. one guy we haven't even mentioned yet? Quincy Wilson. Right, right. And and you, know, you I feel don't... good about him outside because clearly the Colts didn't because they didn't put <laughs> exactly. him out there last year. <laughs> if I'm taking my cues from the Colts, then I don't think much of him at all. So, right. so I, that's kind of where I'm at with the whole thing. You know, again, not something that it's not a hill to die on necessarily. It's just that I. Right. It wasn't a move that I might have made. And again, the financials here, that doesn't explain all of this to me. Because again, I think he was going to make $6.5 million this year. Yeah, it's not like they're it's like... It's not a ton of money. They're not like needing to cut players to just get under the cap. Like, yeah, they spent some money last week in Phillip Rivers and Buckner. But they're not like bottom three in the league right now. So, right. yeah, we'll find out more, but... That's why I don't think it's it's strictly a financial move because well he didn't play well if, last year either he, he didn't right so I think I think this has a lot to do with performance and and that is fine they can make those evaluations I mean that's what they get paid to do but you got to be right. right so so we'll see um, but yeah I just I, I think it but does though create a need I feel like you made your defense so much better on Monday of that week when you signed DeForest yeah. Buckner. And then I cannot say you're better right now because the back end worries me. Yeah, Buckner makes the cornerbacks and the safeties better for sure. But it's it's a really, really young secondary right now. I don't think any of them are above 24 years old. Malik Hooker is young and makes mistakes. You're looking at Kari Willis starting at the other safety spot. He's going to be a second-year player. Then you're looking at two more guys that are second-year players on the outside at corner. And Kenny Moore. And Kenny Moore's still really young. I think he's really good. One of the most underrated yep. defensive players in football, in my opinion. But uh, that's a really young secondary. And I think you're going to see the Colts over the next couple months. This might not be moves they make this week or next week, but you've seen him do this over time. Ballard will add guys in April and May and even June. And even into the season, even into August, and then there's cuts at the end of the month where he'll add some guys, particularly veteran guys. And I think they're not done on that front. I think they add a corner, a safety, or possibly both because this – Unit needs it needs depth and it needs some veteran players as well. And he's talked about the need for those veteran players. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I think we'll have to judge this when when it's all said and done. And and clearly yeah. that time is not now. But but again, um, I'm not suggesting that 
you know, this is going to be the worst move they've ever made. I just think that they did sort of create a, a little bit of a need here. And now, if you don't think this year, if they don't think this year is a starting corner, well, then no, you don't pay him $6.5 million. That's fine. Uh, but, but the boy, question is, when he's healthy, fast, right? yeah, I mean, when he's healthy, it, why is he not? <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? So I just don't know. I, I do think that clearly they think more of Rocky Asin and Marvel Tell than the fan base does. I like those two guys. I I am not suggesting that Marvel Tell is the next Deion Sanders because he, I have seen no such thing. <laughs> However, no, I, I will say I give him a little bit of leeway because he he was a safety in college. Uh, he's played corner for exactly one season. That's a really and, good point. And that process is really still in its infancy. Does that mean that he's going to turn out to be a pro bowler? I have no idea. And neither do the freaking Colts. Okay. So let's be right. clear about that. So but they, um, it's an odd one. I had a long talk with Jonathan Gannon, the secondary coach, the DB's coach mm-hmm. at the end of the year. And I was just trying to learn more about Rocky Sin, right? This was their top pick last year. It wasn't a first rounder, but he was right at the edge of the, right at the top of the second round. And I mean, this kid played every game. He started out there. Um, and it was trial by fire. You remember the Denver game where he got, oh. um, five penalties maybe? Um, yeah, but he, he got fought torched. back yeah. and, and they like him. And, and Jonathan Ginnon was telling me, look, you will see the jump from first year to second year for that position. It's every cornerback who's a rookie struggles because the quarterbacks are so much better in this league than they are in college. The receivers as well. Every pass is right on the money, right? In college, it's not the case. So I think Rock, we're going to see him grow. And I think it'll be really fascinating to see in training camp when he's going against Rivers every day, how he performs on a daily basis, stacking consistent days on top of each other. Because that was his roller coaster of a rookie season. He wasn't able to do that. He would have great moments and then he would give up a lot of big plays. And so if he's able to learn from his rookie season and put it into a second year, I think he could become a really good cornerback. Um, the problem is when is training camp going to start? None of that is is for sure at this point. Um, but the Colts, I can tell you for a fact, are banking on a huge jump in performance from Rocky Sin next year. Yeah, clearly. And one thing that I would throw in on Rocky Sin is I think sometimes human nature, and I do this too, we all do, human nature is to to always look at the extremes. And I think that colors how we view the situation, good or bad, right? Like somebody had a really good game and that impacts our opinion of them when maybe they're an average player or it can go the other way you can have like what Rocky Asin had a couple of games where it was like and then the rest of the games it was kind of you know kind of some good some bad what you what you kind of expect right sort of par for the course I think that's what he was and that Denver game in particular was (laughs) I think the one where a lot of people started to sour on him (laughs) it was like I get it man okay I get it like five or six penalties it's hard to come back from that in people's minds but I do think that was the outlier. I don't think that's who he is. And the other thing here, and I don't mean to be the kid's, you know, agent here and like defend him, but at the same time, it is fair to say they asked too much of him. Okay. Let's be clear. <laughs> they asked yeah. him to be freaking, you know, uh, Deion Sanders out there. That's my second Deion Sanders reference. I got to come up with another one. Um, <laughs> they asked him to be, uh, to be an all pro basically and go out there and take on the other team's best receiver every seek, every stinking game. And the fact is, I don't know that he was ready for that. The other thing is the pass rush wasn't what it needed to be. So, right. so that, that has gotten better. Presumably we think we hope. Yeah. And, uh, and he's going to have more experience. So look, he, he'll be better and they're going to have to coach up Marvell tell and figure out whether Quincy Wilson, uh, whether that ship has sailed or not. 
So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're banking on themselves. Move. Interesting move. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're banking on themselves a little bit here in terms of a couple of things in terms of them, uh, investing in these young guys. And then also in terms of coaching up and developing the players they have. So that, that's kind of what the Colts do. And, and often, or in many cases is, you know, sort of bank on themselves. And that's, an, this is another case of it. Uh, they made Zach another move this week of note and, uh, Sheldon Day is not a household name, but I thought it was interesting. You tell me your thoughts. I thought it was interesting to double up on the defensive tackles. And I well, have a couple remember, of thoughts here, but go ahead. What were you I, I laughed when I when I saw this signing because after so after the podium at the combine, Ballard will talk to the locals, um, you know, sort of off to the side. And and I remember him saying one of the first things he said was he was looking at us and he was kind of laughing and, and he was like. <laughs> You guys keep asking about wide receivers. You guys are obsessed with wide receivers. I'm obsessed with O-line and D-line. And man, <laughs> was he right. The man tells you what he's going to do. He's so uh, he old goes school. out and gets Buckner and then he goes out and gets another um another defensive tackle from the, you know, from San Francisco, which is one of the best teams in the league um at that position and he's not kidding. I mean, there this is a very very intended plan for them is to build up the defensive line because from those I've talked to around the team, is everything changed when Luck retired? And in that regard, they need to be way better on defense. They need to get closer and closer to that ultimate goal of having a dominant defense. They're not even close to that. You saw what happened in December. But they want to have a defense that can carry the team. Um, they they tried to fix the, res- the the quarterback position with Phillip Rivers last week. They will be better at that spot, but they still want the defense to be able to carry this team Moving forward, they want a ton of depth on the defensive line. And it, the one guy that I would be worried about after seeing the news yesterday is Taekwon Lewis because we haven't seen yep. anything from that guy in two years. I don't even know where he is entering training camp. All I know is it's a really big training camp. And if I was him, I would be worried because he's going to have to earn a spot on this roster. There is no guarantee he sticks in his third year with the Colts. I think one of the problems with Taekwon just and, and I don't know this. This is not something that he said to me, but I'm just reading body language and reading the situation. I think one of the problems there is is he really invested in this, right? Is he? Yeah. Does he get it? Does he Same get it? Vibe. Right. Yep. Yeah. And and I think it's a fair question. I don't like to make those judgments about people because you know you, I'm not qualified to to judge someone's you know. To, to just someone's sort of mental disposition or anything, but clearly the Colts have some doubts. Okay. Because they didn't play him a whole lot last year and they were fine leaving him inactive when he was healthy in a couple of instances. Don't you and think, I'm just don't saying, you think though that we can get a good sense of this, like the guys in the locker yeah. room that just kind of seem like they're just happy to be there. Maybe yeah. not with that, with it, Taekwon, but it just, is a danger. Yeah. I think you totally hit it on the head. Like he just seems like he's just kind of there. And, and this is the locker room. Look, we're not in the practice we're not in the film room. We're not on the field for the entire practice. But I always got the sense with Deron Carter, and I'm not comparing the two, but Deron Carter was just happy to be in the NFL. He got mm-hmm. cut at the end of training camp after all this hype, and it didn't seem like it phased him at all. He was just happy to be in the NFL, joking with his teammates in the locker room, didn't seem despondent, didn't seem extra motivated at all, never made it in the league. Taekwon Lewis never seems like he's ticked off that he's not playing or or anything like that. And from what we can see, the little window we get to see in the locker room and on the practice field, um, there isn't that impetus maybe to get 
more snaps, get more playing field, to earn, you know, the 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 spot that he doesn't have right now. Yeah, so they have tried to get this kid's attention, I think, on multiple occasions. And I'm not saying that's why they signed Sheldon Day, but as part of this deal, this has to be seen by him as a shot across the bow. There's no question. And if he doesn't see it that way, well, then he's not going to make it. Okay, because that's what this is. I mean, that is that is an element of what this is. Uh, if they thought more of you, they wouldn't be making this deal. And that's the bottom line. So I know it's a one-year contract for for Sheldon Day, and, and I know that he's not necessarily a part of their future, but the Colts generally want to play their guys in most cases. And that's not what they're doing here. They're taking, they're going and getting a guy from the outside. I mean, he's a rotational guy, but they're going yeah. to the outside and getting a guy who does the same thing that you do. So I think that speaks volumes. So, but I, I do though like what they have in there. And, and I said this on Twitter yesterday. I do a lot of thinking out loud on Twitter sometimes to my detriment, but <laughs> that's an understatement. So, yeah. So I was thinking out loud and I, I was like, you know, Chris Ballard, to your point earlier, right? He told us I obsess about the trenches. This guy, he talks more about defense than he ever talks about quarterbacks. Or or anybody who touches the, the only reason he talks matter. about quarterbacks is when the quarterback's shoulder screwed up. Right, when we're asking about Jacoby <laughs> we Brissett. Right. <laughs> I mean, I hear about defense. I hear about his days with Lovey Smith and Rob Marinelli and yep. uh, all Tillman. that stuff. Yes, I mean that's all the man talks about. Okay, I swear there is not a time where you have a conversation with Chris Ballard and you mention, "Hey, you guys." could do this, this, or this, and he'll give you an example. It's almost always an example about a defensive player that he had years ago. <laughs> like, all it's, all of his references are always defensive players. So this is me, again, trying to read people's minds, but I yeah. think the man loves – I think he's just a defensive guy. That's – that you're right. And I think in a perfect world – I don't think he'll get there, but in a perfect world, I think what he – you know he wants? He wants the Seahawks defense from a couple of years ago. I think so. He wants the yeah. Legion of Boom. Where did Ed Dodds come from? You know, and you got to go on a historic draft run, right, to get Richard Sherman and, and Errol Thomas and all those guys. <laughs> they got a long they way want, to go. <laughs> maybe they want that light, you know, the JV version of that. He wants a right. defense that's good enough to play anywhere, to to beat any quarterback, because he knows who he's going to have to beat in the next couple of years. He knows he's going to have to beat Patrick Mahomes for a long time if he wants to yep. win AFC titles. He knows he's going to have to slow Deshaun Watson in the AFC South, and that matters. I can tell you for a fact – that's one of the biggest reasons why DeForest Buckner is here. He he identifies the ways in which he needs to build his team to beat their opponents. Um, specifically, those two quarterbacks come to mind for me, um, and this is part of it. And he talks all the time, like, "Look, we had to we had to tear down the entire defense when I got here. And we had to build it back up. The only guy that's left from that defense is, is Clayton Gathers. I don't think Clayton's a Colt in twenty twenty. So that means not a single guy." is left from the previous era. They had to reboot this entire defense, and I think his ultimate goal is to have a dominant defense. They've got a ways to go, and they got to get some more young pass rushers, but um, it's an almost complete overhaul at this point. Yeah, they're, they're actually – I said that they got a long way to go, and they do, but at the same time, the front seven, maybe it's not the Legion of Boom uh, on the back end, right? But the front seven, they're building something there. I, I really believe that. Yeah, you look uh, at the linebackers not, and you can see that. Yeah, I think so. Now, it, what they don't have is is sort of a, a young – you know, sort of Darius Leonard type player. Buckner really is that actually. But but the problem is, you know, Justin Houston is is obviously in the twilight of his career. They need a, right. a young 
a young guy on the edge who can flash. Maybe it's Kamoko Ture. I think you need another one. But my point is uh, that I think they're actually making strides toward being dominant in the front seven. I don't know that I can use that word yet. I don't, I don't know that we're even close to yeah. using that word. Yeah, but they took like a step toward to that. that. No, they're not. But they, they took a step toward that. And now it's about actually living up to the hype because hype doesn't mean a damn thing. So so I'm interested right. to see how that plays out. But I, I really do think you just hit it on the head. It's really – this is about – look at the division alone. Okay, what do you got to do? You got to go get Derrick Henry and put him on the ground. Okay, yeah. you got to go get Deshaun Watson and find a way to contain him. You got to stop these wide receivers in Houston, although they got rid of their best uh, one. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Hopkins is gone. <laughs> right. And you better believe there was some shouting and some screams at West 56th Street when they found that news out. <laughs> they did what? And so, and look, even Jacksonville, and they're going to be overhauled here, but, you know, that's a team that, that wants to smash mouth you and, and wants to run the football. In the last game of the season. That's right. The Colts have nowhere to talk on that front. Right. So, I mean, this is. I'm not saying it's a, a direct reaction to that, but that is their reality, man. I mean, those are the teams you got to play six times a year. And if you get out of the division, you're going to go see Lamar Jackson. You're going to go see uh, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, good luck with that. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. you got you have to be able to stop people. Now, you got to be able to score. but And we'll get to that in a second. But but I think you can, you can, walk, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. That's what they got to do. Yeah, um, and that's kind of, that kind of is a perfect segue into what I wrote about earlier this week. Can you win now, which they're clearly trying to do. The goal this year, without a doubt, is to win the division. Can you win now while also building for the future? They're trying to do both. It's hard. Some teams have done it. I think KC is a perfect example. They, they won a, a couple AFC West titles with Alex Smith, and then they drafted their prodigy at quarterback. But um, that's going to be fascinating because they're shelling out a lot of money to win now. But they're also trying to build for 2022 and 2023 when they have insert name here as the new franchise quarterback. Right. So uh, this is something a little different. Um, we're we're actually all trying to work through this pandemic, right? And <laughs> none of us have a blueprint for this or a playbook, you know, to keep it in the football terms. But one of the things uh, that we've talked about here at the Athletic is on our podcast, you know, we usually do these ad reads this time, you know, about sort of halfway through and we talk about, um, you know, the merits of this product or or another, right? But I think here's something we thought about, and I I like this idea, I know you do too, Zach, is sort of giving you uh, just a just a shout out to some places that or some local businesses really that have uh, kind of been clutched during this time, and uh, so I'll let you go first, Zach. I mean, did you have some places in mind or place or two in mind? Um, yeah. For those in the Meridian Kessler Broad Ripple area, you guys will know these places well. My favorite pizza spot is Napoli's, but the spot I want to highlight is Hubbard and Cravens. It's the best mm. coffee spot in town. It is um, three locations, Indy, Downtown, Broad Ripple, and then 49th and Penn, which is Meridian Kessler. Um, a lot of people always ask, you know, do you guys have an office at The Athletic? Is there an Indy office? <laughs> no. My office is Hubbard and Cravens. I'm there like every day. It is the absolute best coffee in the city. I will defend it to the death. Um, they are still open these days um, for pickup. So I would highly, highly suggest any of the – Restaurants in Meridian Kessler, but highly, highly suggest if you need a cup of coffee or just a break from the house, Hubbard and Cravis is the best spot. It's it's my go-to. That's great. Uh, so for me, I live on the northeast side of Indy. Um, we've we've cooked a lot more lately, uh, just you know for obvious reasons, just not really getting out much. But um, which is 
definitely put a cramp in our style because we like to eat out. But, uh, but yeah. one thing I will say, <laughs> one thing I will say is that uh, I have gotten my Mexican fix because that's just sort of an easy go to sometimes when you want to take out. Then um, we've gone to our, our spot here uh, in the Oakland area, Mitanapa. We've hit that up a couple of times. Uh, my wife also uh, last week uh, hit up Murphy's Craft House if you're in the Geist area. And uh, one thing I will say about both of these places, and I think this applies to a lot of local businesses right now, is that there is such an appreciation for your business right now. Um, I'm yeah. seeing when I anywhere I go, especially with the restaurants in particular, anywhere you go, there is such an amazing appreciation for your business uh, because they know that people are reluctant and they know that uh, no one really knows how to handle this. So, so they really are, I think, going the extra mile for their customers, uh, whatever you want, whatever you ask for, they're granting that. And so I think these spots, as well as all the other small businesses who are trying to make this work, uh, they deserve a shout out. So keep doing what you're doing. Best of luck. And uh, I would say to the listeners, man, hey, go out there and uh, do your best to uh, to support them. Because if we don't, they won't be here when this thing's over. So that's just the yeah, bottom line. That's the hear, reality. Um, for those listening, we'd love to hear your favorite local spots as well. So you guys know how to get a hold of us. But uh, the more yeah, we can, we can do, make this the more a we thing. can help. Right. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so that's our that's our little contribution. Uh, so getting back to football, Zach, I want to talk about something random here. <laughs> so we'll get to the Colts and their offense here in a second. This is something that that I've I've heard from listeners and uh, people on Twitter. There have been a few people when they saw, and tell me if you got this or not. A few people when they saw the Tom Brady contract, two years, fifty million, so twenty five million a year. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of questions or a few questions about. Well, hey, wait a minute, that's the same money they gave Philip Rivers. Was there never a thought to Rivers or excuse me Brady over Rivers? And I actually don't think that was ever the question. But it's, I think it's a thought that's out there, and I think it's worth addressing. Now, <laughs> again, I don't think it was either or for them. But just, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, just do you think? I have no indication. By the way, let's be clear. I have no indication that they were ever really in pursuit yeah. of Tom Brady. Nothing has indicated that, and I've got nothing but denials. Um, was there, do you have any thought on that? Like, should that have been something they considered? Did you, I don't know. Just what was your reaction to that? I can hear the argument and yes, I heard a lot of it. Um, I don't think they ever pursued it from the start. We're talking way back at the combine. I really think they were like, we're not going to chase Tom Brady. I don't think the Colts wanted to do a two year deal. With either of these quarterbacks. I really That's think they key. wanted one year and they didn't want to marry themselves to a two year deal. And I mean, Brady got the whole damn thing guaranteed, um, which is significant here. Um, you can make the case that Brady's still better than Rivers, even though he's four years older. Brady's skills are declining though. And I think the Colts identified that. Um, and I think the familiarity with, with Rivers in terms of, you know, the role Frank Reich played in all this. I think that was a major factor. And in terms of like yep. the character and all that stuff, which is really important to the Colts, that was never a red flag for them. They had, they had all that covered. That was never an issue. Um, it's just, man, watching this team for 20, 25 years, it's really hard to see them make <laughs> the move. It, it's just, it just defies the possibilities in terms of Tom Brady signing with the Colts. It, I mean, it's one thing to think of him signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the Colts, 
the literally <laughs> the most loathed player for 30 years. It'd be like the Pacers in the 90s signing Patrick Ewing or John Stark. <laughs> that's a great, just, yeah, that's a great just, example. I, I, I don't think they ever really seriously considered it for a variety of reasons. Um, and it just – maybe they should have. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't even know why I brought it up because I, I, on some level I think it's like kind of a dumb conversation because – Partly because of what you just said, like I, I don't know that Jamercy would ever sign off on it, right? It has, like, that has to play a role in this, right? Like I know honest, it's like, all about like the tape, but yeah, I mean it's if you're Chris Ballard, okay, are you going to are you going to Jamercy and be like, hey Jim, check this out, I got an idea, <laughs> okay? He's like, you want a what? <laughs> so I, I don't know what Jamercy would say. You know, I, Jim I just, like. Jim's always like, you know, I let my GM make the decisions, but sometimes <laughs> I need to step in. <laughs> right so yeah i don't know i i just i think it was a an interesting conversation i brought it up because i actually was kind of surprised that a fair number of people went there i i thought i thought nobody in indy really wanted to go there but clearly there were there and, were and some I got, there were some that were in some favor of, that. of it yeah and i wouldn't say yeah. the majority but um it's just weird seeing those two words in the same sentence tom brady colts it's just weird yeah. seeing the even the idea broached but on paper, but, it did make sense in a lot of ways for the same I, I reason think, that Rivers is here. Right. I do think you hit it on the head with the variables that you mentioned. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, uh, the the flexibility to do the one-year deal, certainly. Brady, I think, had his heart set on on multi-year the whole time. So I think that's a factor. Yeah, and then, he as is you said, the adamant fr- on playing yeah. until 45. He is yeah. dead set on that. And then certainly Frank Reich, that, that factor can't be underestimated. But the... The other thing here is, though, I, I would say you could argue, potentially, you could argue that Philip Rivers' skills are a better fit for what Frank Reich wants to do. Uh, Brady, it's funny because I don't think Brady actually is a good match for Bruce Arians, like at all. But uh, that could end really poorly. No <laughs> one's just, talking like, about this. I don't this. even understand that. No one's talking about this, but this could end really poorly. Brady might it, not last sixteen games because he might get his head blown off by week three because they want to throw the ball forty-five times a game. Right. It's like, why is like no one talking about that? Right. But I, I mean, no, it's been broached, but it just, I think right now everyone's ca- sort of caught up in the moment. Like, oh my God, he actually did it. And I get that. Right. He actually left. Yeah. Right. But I like, get that too. But I, he went to the Bucks. Why? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it, it, I, I think he, he went to the Bucks because it's fun. Right. It's Florida. And Bruce Arias is yeah, fun to play for. And it's going to be the opposite of New England in so many ways. But the one thing that no one's talking about that's really important here and Colts fans won't like to hear this, but I still believe it. I think McDaniels is really good. I think he's a really good offensive coordinator. Sure. And combine that with Brady's intellect, which obviously is extraordinary. I mean, he gets the ball out fast. You know, they, they run a lot of quick plays, which gets the ball out quickly, which takes him out of, you know, pressure. Um, Bruce does not do that. Bruce wants, you know, double moves down the field for 50 yards. That takes six seconds of protection. This could end badly. Um, we'll see. They're all really smart down there. But I think McDaniels was absolutely instrumental in keeping Brady elite the last couple of years. And the system he designed and the players like Edelman that are really good over the middle. I, I don't know if he's going to have that in Tampa. It can't just be Mike Evans' go route every third down. So we'll see. Um, but it's fascinating to see Brady without not just Belichick, but Josh McDaniels. I think that's so true. And one thing that will work in Brady's favor is the Bucks do have a good stable of tight ends. They just don't use them enough. So I think that will potentially change now with Tom Brady. So those guys uh, like 
Rob Gronkowski over the years and even, you know, Dwayne Allen at times. And those guys should eat pretty well, I would hope. So, yeah, O.J. So Howard will have the best year of his career, I bet. You would think. So, anyway, Brady will be fine. But it was just something I, I thought was worth throwing out there because, you know, I like to be inflammatory. Um, so, let, let's talk about the Colts just generally. I, I think that – tell me if you agree. I can already see whenever – our world returns to normal and we start talking about training camp and making projections. Right. I think the Colts are going to be a little bit of a trendy pick, not to win the Super Bowl, but I mean like to be division. to be a team, you know, that's like sort of relevant. I I don't know if they are. I, I don't know, but I can already see their prognostications. Uh they've got Philip Rivers, they've upgraded on defense, they'll probably draft a receiver or two. Uh, they're you know, they've had a little bit of a splashy yeah. offseason for the first time in a long time. And that generally is why people look at teams and say, hey, you know what? I like that team. Are you um, talking about Cleveland last year? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I hope we're not because that, right. was, that didn't we go We saw that intended. train wreck live. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you because they made hu- two huge moves on, on each side of the ball at, at the most important position to them on both sides of the ball, really. I mean, right. it starts up front, the three technique. That's what they wanted. They went out and got the best – one of the best ones in football, one of the best young DTs in football in Buckner. And and Colts fans out there will agree they don't need to be they don't need Andrew Luck at quarterback. That'd be great, but he's not coming back. They need to be better at quarterback. They just need to be right. better than the t- terrible quarterback play they got in December. And because before that they were a pretty decent team. So I think if Rivers can still play, which as we know from talking to people in the building, they they actually you know, they watched every film, they watched every tape from him last year, every throw, and, and they still see the arm. They're adamant that this guy can still play. That's why they made the move. If that if that bears out in training camp, and we'll be able to tell, and he can get on the same page with his receivers, this team will be better this year because they were so bad at quarterback down the stretch last year, they never had a chance. Let's be honest. They didn't have a chance to win these games because they were so bad at quarterback. Um, I would aim to anticipate them being among the favorites in the, in, in the AFC South. Because Houston squeaked it out last year, and that was with the third best receiver in football, maybe the second best receiver in football. You take him away, and that's going to make Watson's life a lot harder. So, um, but you know, don't forget about Tennessee. They were an AFC finalist for a reason. They got Tannehill back. They got Henry back. They're really, really good. They're really well coached. It's going to be fun to see. But I think everything hinges on whether Rivers is still for real. I think this is going to be one of the tightest divisions in football. I think the the yeah. NFC West is also really interesting. I really like that division. I love I love what what Arizona's doing. I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah. I yeah I kind of sneakily I kind of think Arizona's sneaky good. Uh, the the Rams got to figure it out, right? They got problems, but certainly the Niners are right there. The the Seahawks are in that division. I, I see the AFC South a little bit like that. I mean, like any team can win it. Well. I think Jacksonville's got clearly a long way to go, but there yeah. are three teams in this division. Uh, I've, it's a toss-up right now. I mean, we have so far to go that it's a stupid conversation. But I think if you if you were looking at these three teams and just comparing them on paper, I think it's a total toss-up. I mean, they can all beat each other, and they probably will. And yeah. and I think it's going to really be a situation where it goes down to the wire. You could have multiple teams in the playoffs again. Uh, there yeah. was two years ago. You're talking about this division nearly having three teams in the playoffs. And so I I think this is really 
going to be a situation where these games count so much because they're going to be so, so close in the standings that the division games are going to be just bonkers. I, I really think that it's going to be really, really fun. But I, I really see the Colts um, being, like I said, a trendy pick. I've already seen some of this on Twitter from from national media saying, you know, watch the Colts. And, you know, we've been there before, right? 2015 yeah and and we were guilty of it too but uh but this is a little more i think built on solid footing if that makes sense right and buckner's 26 he's not 32 you know what i mean in terms of signing old players but uh i think i think and you've seen a lot of this from from the from the football experts on twitter people whose opinion i really value a guy like Louis riddick for example the Colts went out and signed. It's not a sexy position, the three technique, the middle of the defensive line, but it wins football games. And if you watch the Super Bowl from this year, 99 from the from the 49ers was the maybe the best player in the field for three and a half quarters before right. Mahomes took over. He was fantastic. And you saw that interior pressure. You saw it get to Mahomes for a lot of that game. I guarantee you that's why the Colts brought him here because he can do what they were not doing at all last year was getting pressure up the middle of the quarterback. They thought they were going to get more from Danico Autry. They didn't. I think Buckner comes in, and he could be a pro bowler. He could make Autry better. And believe me, the defensive ends will love him, and the secondary will love him. I think he'll change that. And I think that's going to be fun to watch going against Tannehill and Minshew and Deshaun Watson this year because Buckner is going to change the way the Colts play defense. Yeah, if they collapse the pocket, and they'll have an opportunity to do that, uh, they have enough speed on defense to where those, where if those quarterbacks get out of the pocket, well, Darius Leonard's coming, okay, and Kenny Moore's yeah. coming, and Moore. and right, and, and now Bobby Okiriki's coming downhill, right? right, and so they have enough speed to contain quarterbacks, even the likes of Deshaun Watson, and we've seen them do this when they get pressure uh, and have to have to get him outside of the pocket. I mean, look, he can make you look bad, but but he he can't do that all day. I mean, look, there are going to be times where. Their speed is going to be able to match that. And so I, I think they're built pretty well uh, where if they can combine that speed with pressure on defense, now you got something. And so I, I think they're turning that corner a little bit, and we'll see. But I, I do think it's going to be fun. I don't know. We're not going to get into records. I made a I – Yeah, I, I was asked that today, and morning. I'm like, whoa, whoa, let's just like get a date for training camp. You know what I mean? I, I fell into that trap on the live chat, but I made it very clear that this is a joke. What would you go with? I think I said they could go eleven and five. Um, they could, yeah. yeah no, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I said I, I think they, I think they can win the division. Actually, I, I give them a little bit of an edge to win the division. Do I believe that? I don't know, but I mean, that's not an outlandish statement at all. So no, no, I don't. So we'll think so. And I think the Colts are thinking that. I think they're thinking we want to win the AFC South this year, and I think it's possible. But we'll see. Right, right. So, and like I always say, hey man, last year was the proof. You get in the playoffs. You never know, man. Anything can happen. So get in there, you know, get yourself some home field and and see what happens. You know who wants that home field? Jim Mercer. He always <laughs> talks about it. Yes, he does. Well, it's good money. It's extra home games, yeah. man. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. That's very true. He, he doesn't care. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't care about the money, but it ain't even about that. That man wants to win. There's no question about that. So anyway, that's what we got this week. Uh, I think the Colts are going to give us a lot to talk about this offseason. We still have the draft to come. Uh, we we really haven't even looked toward the draft yet. I mean, we haven't even begun to even look into that. Uh, so we're just still trying to recap what's happened the last week or two. So, um, but it's been fun. 
kept us focused on other things, right? So other than screaming kids. It has been nice. <laughs> it has been nice to sort of get a distraction, to be honest. And the NFL just keeps rolling somehow, some way. It just keeps rolling. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, just real quick before we go, I, I know that uh, we wanted to give you a little preview of some things that we're, we're working on because that, that's the beauty of this. We don't have practices to go to or uh, a whole lot going on. So, so we're working on bigger picture things. And uh, Zach, uh, do you want to preview the one that, that you were telling me about? I don't know. It's, uh, for the Colts fans the out there who have followed this team for a while, I don't need a lot of introduction for this one. Uh, just a few words. Uh, Bill Polian and Jay Moore. I'll just leave you with that. <laughs> and if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. All right. Well said. Uh, so, yeah, we've got more stuff coming on free agency. Also want to sort of, I think, clue you in on on some of the challenges that have been brought about in, in terms of the draft um, that are stemming from from the COVID-19 uh, closures and and. Uh, travel restrictions and so forth. So one of my colleagues and I are working on a story that deals with that. And then we've got a, another longer term story that I'm working on uh, that I'll be able to tell you guys about soon, but I'm really excited about that. It involves a member of the close front office. So you probably don't even know. So uh, that'll be fun. So anyway, that's the story from here. I am Stephen Holder here with Zach Keeper. One thing, last thing to keep in mind, uh, we are running a 90 90-day free trial right now for all of our stories. If you see a story on Twitter you like or a story linked on Facebook anywhere uh, for The Athletic, if you're not a subscriber, click on that story and it'll take you uh, to it'll give you an opportunity to get the 90-free-day trial. And that's the longest we've ever offered. Uh, it's a great deal. It'll take you hopefully through the madness in the world right now and, and get us back to, when we get back to sports, uh, you are going to have the faucet turned on it's going to be amazing when this is over so anyway so take advantage of that um and in the meantime you're still going to get a lot of good stories so that's the beauty of it so again Stephen holder here with zach keever it's one percent better thank you for listening and have a great day and stay safe